Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Let's Talk About It. You're listening to the 1223rd episode on Purpose Kingdom Network. And alongside with me, I got Sister in Christ, Sister Janice Mima Hudson. Mima. Praise and Praise the Lord. And on the other side, I got my brother, my Thursday night tag team brother in Christ, Minister Arthur Burgess the Third. Amen. How are y'all? Hey, how are you? And for anybody who doesn't know who I am, my name is Adrian Misunderstandings Allen, and we are ready and willing and able to talk about it. Man, before we even jump into it, it's like if you're joining Purpose Kingdom for the first time, we would like to say welcome to the kingdom. However, there is 1,223 episodes that you are now behind, and it's time to catch up whenever you get a chance. Just go on in, hit the button, click the link, and just go into your plunder. But I must say, if you don't know it already, down in the peak, because we are so excited about what God is doing for us right now in this day and age, and I'm just glad that we finally get a chance to sit back at the table. So, y'all, without further ado, I know, oh, you know what? We're going to have to set the airway straight for real because they had already been cutting up since we ain't been on our air. Brother Art, do you think you have a word that you can tell the enemy that he can't do it right now? He got an hour to sit down. <laughs> oh, for sure. You know what? Um, you know, what the devil can't do is he can't take, he can't take my peace right now. My joy, he can't take uh, just the, the love that I have right now. I know things are going crazy, but he can't have the, uh, the the family that I have right now. He can't have it. So he just going to have to sit down. He just going to have to sit down for all of them. I'm Amen. liking this. I'm liking this. Amen. Mima, <laughs> you, you got something to tell him that he can't have right now? Amen. I, I, yes. Say that, sit down, be quiet, shut up, and just take a seat and listen, because you can't have anything that God gave me. So sit down and relax and listen to what God has told us to tell you. Amen. Amen. And the best thing I can tell you, devil, is that if you tried it, if you didn't try it, you should have tried it before now because now we ain't having it. If you're out there and you don't know what we're doing right now, it's called taking over the atmosphere, setting the atmosphere straight. Because when you realize that you have the authority over where you are and what you're doing and how you are in it, then you realize that you work real good within that authority. And then you say, you know I gave it to you 20 minutes ago because, you know, she cut me off and I did get mad. And now, it ain't going to work. So if you're out there tonight and you are joining us and you would like to join us live on the air, the number to call in is 319-527-6091. Or you can dial 323-870-4174. 
Now, that would just signal the board to let us know if you press 1. It signals to let us know that you do want to talk. But then you got to wait for us to bring you in. So when you hear the beat, it's almost like time for you to speak. So without further ado, Mima, I want to start with you. I'm going to ask this question to both of you. You and all. But I just want to know. We've been sitting in the house for almost over four months now. What's new about you? You got something? Yes. Oh, wow. What I can say what's new about me is that Christ had intervened. You know, he intervened even more. You know, because, uh, you know, at one point, you know, I was just getting up, going out, doing my thing, you know. Sometimes I forgot to get up in the morning and pray. Sometimes I forgot to get on my knees and pray. Sometimes I even forgot to bring the children together and pray. But, you know, let me tell you how good God is. Because when I forgot, God knows the children don't forget. And the children, see, as long as you teach your child the way they should go, they're going to let you know you're slipping. And guess what? I had five children here to let me know that I was slipping. Oh, Grandma, we didn't get up this morning and say our prayer. Oh, Grandma, you didn't pray with us before you walked out the door. Oh, Grandma, we didn't pray before we went to bed, you know. So this this is uh, what God had shown me, you know. So with that being said, being in a house with the children uh, for these several months, you know, it just had... uh, showed me a lot of things that I had slipped and the way I had fallen short in that, um, you know. So I had to bring it back. I had to bring it back to where it belonged, you know, because once I, mm-hmm. out of the mouth of a baby, once the kids come to you, you got to like, oh, wow, because we teach them to listen, you know. And come we on. teach them that, that where the, the – I, I, well, I teach my children – I'm the adult authority in your life. So guess what? They were the <laughs> children authority in my life. You know, so it, it, it's it's a good thing, you know, to bring the children up the way they should go, you know. It's a good thing. And, you know, with all this ruckus and rackets that was going on in the world, you know, with the uh, riots and all that, it was just like, oh, and the uproar, you know. So we just mm. had to teach, uh, continue on teaching our children right from wrong, and not just our children in our household. Even when you're out in the street and you see a child that's misbehaving, if you can say something to that child to straighten them up or make them think right, you know. So basically that's just what's been going on in my life. More prayer, more prayer, and more prayer. Amen. And I like that. Amen. Brother Art? Amen. Man, um, can I tell you that this has been the hardest, uh, most, uh, I guess, nerve-wracking, just exhausting, but the most, but the most fun Hi, I've, ever, I've ever had in ministry. I don't know, I don't know about y'all, but um, I'm the type of person I get bored inside of church. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, my attention span just is not that good. So mm. when when you know everything started happening, it was a chance to minister, you know, in the streets. It was a chance to get out into the community, and mm-hmm. like I said, it it was crazy. But I I've been talking to like pastor friends of mine, and we 
you know, we're strategizing and we're talking, we're pro, you know, protesting or still helping out in the community. And we we be beat, looking at each other, tired, uh, breathing hard. But then we call each other and say, "All right, we're gonna do it again tomorrow." I <laughs> and love we, it. And we back, and we back out there. And another thing, uh, there's been some business opportunities that have came, and, and God has really blessed, and, uh, and some new ministry things coming up. I'm uh, I'm keeping to myself for a little while, uh, but is- but God has opening us, putting some doors. And uh, you know, uh, yeah, and these, you know, these doors were closed for a while. These doors weren't. These doors were, had to break open. They weren't. They weren't just sliding open. You know, some doors God allowed just to fall open, and then sometimes they say the violence got to take by force, and you got to kick those doors down. So, so when I tell you, God has been opening doors, and, and, and we are, we're about to change some things. Oh, yeah. I can feel it. Look, I can feel it just from what Because I can definitely tell you that in the COVID, within within the whole entire thing, you know, I was always saying it was like an incubation. I believe like we were in an incubator. We had went back. God had put us all the way back to incubate We were staying in the house. We were trying to be healthy. We were trying to breathe right, keep our air right and everything. I started going to class. I started going to school. Uh-huh. I started doing the things that I ain't did forever. Like, I forgot that I used to be a student. Not only was I a student, but guess what? I was a good one. And I liked school. I liked to learn. So in this month, you know, in these months, I've just been getting, like, certificates and degrees and all this other kind of silliness. And been the business in January that talked about uh-huh. culture and climate and didn't really know what God was saying in the culture and climate of everything, but to say that there was a guarantee that we could walk into any establishment, any time, any place, anything going on, where we can change it and make it all good. I can definitely tell you that the COVID has made my entire idea say, oh, no, no, I see what you're doing, God. That's why you just do what you you do what you're supposed to do, and then it all walks out in the end. Cause that's all I'm looking at it now. Cause now when they open back up, everyone has this thing, and we need to talk, and we need to be free, and we need to be able to do what we need to do. Amen. And I just can't believe that he chose me. So yeah, Purpose Kingdom Network, it's about to be on. Woo! And the best thing I can say, there's nothing like doing it with family. It's nothing like Amen. doing it with people. You know what I mean? People that are connected through not your bloodline, Amen. but Christ's bloodline. Christ. Amen. Amen. Do you understand? So it's like the way yeah. that we are sitting right now, some were preparing, and it's sad because whatever they got going on right now, that's not even what we were supposed to be dealing with. I'm I can sure. say that like that. You know what I mean? Like, it, these, culturally, there's things that needed to have been talked about way, 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 way before to talk about them now. And now that we're in the situation that we're in, it's not really a conversation that we can really talk about right now. Because people are dealing with other things right now. However, God has ordained the whole thing, I believe. I believe that we haven't even been able to sit at this table for almost two months, it seemed like, for people to just go on and run them up. 
and see what they really doing. See what you really is really about. Because, you know, every week we sit here and tell you that you can't do this. And we put the enemy at bay. And we tell him, dog, it ain't going to work. If you didn't know, now you know. That don't work here no more. The things we used to do, we don't do them no more. That was post-corona. Like, that was pre-corona. We had already established that. So we should not... We as believers right now have an obligation to take whatever they're talking about and put it back on God. That's Amen. Any conversation Amen. they be talking about, I bring them right back to the. I bring them right back to the Father. Do you know Him? Because if you don't know Him, the last part of that conversation is somebody going to die. Do you know Him? Amen. Because when it's not, it's, when it's your turn, did you know Him? You understand? Now, Brother Art, you got babies. Well, I don't know how much babies they are now, but you got the biggest <laughs> ba- you got the babies of the babies of that's on the line. Because my baby is 19. He'll be 20 in November. So, unfortunately, he's not really a baby no more. But you got kids. You know what I mean? Right. And right now, the way that our world is, I don't believe that we're giving the right example to the children. Like, how are you dealing with this in the COVID and now the racial tensions and everything else? How, if you have, how have you explained this to your children or exposed your children or not exposed your children? Could you help us out with that? Um, wow. So, uh, when I say this again, a roller coaster. Um, I have, we don't, we don't, not sugar, but we teach our kids on. Um, we can't even say their age level because I don't even know what their age level is anymore. Because the truth is, my kids they take it as well as I take it. Uh, I can't, I can't hide things from my kids, or I can't make things look simple when it comes to my kids. So I just have to give it to them plain because they. They look at me like I'm uh, weird when I try to make things seem soft. So uh, we had a very real incident that happened with the uh, protest. Uh, my uh, daughter's school principal was leading a peaceful protest. He's a white guy, and he was um, attacked and pepper sprayed by the police. And when leading a peaceful protest. And I had to explain to my daughter, and she saw the attack on social media, because we all unfortunately saw the attack on social media. I had to explain to my daughter why it happened and what happened and and the point, you know, and I just had to go through the whole process. When you see it firsthand by somebody that you know, there's yeah. no more, you know, trying to make it look cute. You just have to say what it is. And yeah. he laid everything out on the table and talked about it. And, and uh, a moment where we couldn't install fear, but we had to be cautious. And I know my kids, yeah. and I know myself. There's a certain level of arrogance with all of us. <laughs> so I had, to, you know, I had to let them know that they um, but we're but they're supposed to protect us. There's their job is to protect us. 
but we also have to be cautious. Now right. it's a painful experience just to watch um, somebody that we knew. Uh, right. You know, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to lie to you. I'll be very transparent. Um, I I had a issue with uh, I wasn't comfortable sending my daughter to a school where the principal was white and she, she had a white teacher because I I paid for her education. I wanted you know I know what black teachers how that black teachers installed into our young black children. But my wife told me about this school, and I said, okay, well, let's do it. She run forward, and I had to put faith that they were going to take care of my kids. I'm missing you. Are you walking? Oh, you hear, can you hear me? I said, no. No, I was going to say yes, because no. the last thing that you said, we, we could not hear. Okay, You've been so breaking yeah, up like a little that, bit, um, but we can hear what you're saying. Okay, so, so repeat yeah, that last that. one. I, I was very I was very scared to send my kid to a, a school where the teach where some of the teachers are white and the principal is white, but um after, you know, just getting to know who they are and knowing, you know, that they were really serious about uh educating um kids of different backgrounds and different cultures and being right. on the front line, not just saying it but doing it, you know, it made mm-hmm. me yeah, it made me have hope. It, it gave me a sense of hope. I mean, I don't know why it took for me to see him protest, to see him go through the process and not only get attacked by police that day, but then go back out the next day and protest again. Amen. Him and his wife together, him and his daughters together, they did it together. A white family leading a protest for Black Lives Matter. And it it, it did something. It changed. It, It gave us hope. And but it also made us sit down and have the conversations, the hard conversations that we all have to have, with, unfortunately, with our black children, you know. And that's been our experience. Um, we celebrated our first Juneteenth as a family this weekend. Awesome. And then, awesome. Uh, you know, we, we did the traditional meal. We did uh, Black History. We were on Zoom with other family members. Um, we we kind of uh, did a little trivia, fun games. We really made it a big thing. So yeah, we um, it's brought a lot of sadness, a lot of joy, but it also brought our family closer. Amen. Amen. And and you know what? And and we have to. We have to, as responsible adults, we have to instill the truth in our children because of what's going on now. It's just like uh, um, losing the word, you know, like uh, the more the generations go on, you know, Christ is forgotten, you know, because you you have, like I said once before, you have the children that say, oh, I'm not going to raise my children the way my mother raised me, and then you have that generational as a generation, you know, and to know that we do still have uh, generations that are still teaching Christ or still instilling Christ in the children, you know, and still instilling right from wrong in the children, then we're going to be all right, you know. So with that being said is if we don't teach these children, whether it's my child or your child or the next door neighbor's child, if we don't teach them, we will lose them. So what we're trying not 
what we're well, and, and as far as me, what I'm not going to do, I'm going to make sure that my voice is heard. I'm going to make sure that the children know what uh, they're supposed to know, what thus said the Lord, and even know let the children know, you know, the difference and being raised black, you know, or being raised in a a, a black community, because uh, you know we raised our children in a um multicultural um, community, you know, where though my children, they had firsthand on prejudice and it's because they were in a predominantly uh, Caucasian school, you know. So my kid, my, my baby boy was in a kindergarten when he realized that something wasn't right. Every time I'd done something, I got in trouble for it. But when this Caucasian kid done the same exact thing that I did, that Caucasian kid wow. was just like, oh, go sit down or go have a seat. You know, so I understand what the pastor just said. You know, we have to instill in our children that some people going to tell you the truth and some people just going to tell you something to just pass you by just so you can be quiet, you know. But when that kid comes home and that kid says to you, well, this happened and that happened, we have to approach that situation right then and there, you know, so – we just got to continue on spreading the word of God. We got to continue on spreading the word of peace, you know, and spreading the word, you know, as far as our black culture, you know. But uh, we got to make sure that when we do do it, we do it in a peaceful way, you know, because if we go there with animosity, yeah, because I was treated this way and uh, somebody called me a nigger and that, uh, excuse me, that's just a word. Let's just be real about everything, you know. Let's do what we're supposed to do and teach the children, but don't teach them with animosity. Because if you teach them with animosity, they're going to grow with that same animosity, and they're going to take your teaching in the wrong way. Amen? Amen. I think that was good because uh, if you you didn't know anything about me, a lot of my misunderstandings come from the fact that I was raised with white people. Like, my parents actually made it a point to move out of the city, away from, as y'all would say, black culture. And I did not have it, didn't see it. The only black people I knew were my family members. And I only knew my family members in the manner of the way that I was supposed to know my family members. When my family got reckless, when my family did what they wanted to do, my family wasn't even around me. They weren't allowed to be in my vicinity. Like, so this is how my parents chose to raise me and my brother. A lot of people say that it's culture. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people say we learned things that we needed to learn. However, but when we went to school, we went to school with white children. Now, just like you just heard, there's a situation that it could be done. Because there's always going to be a white, there's always going to be a black, there's always going to be a brown, there's always going to be a color. But when we start to look at the people for just the people, then we'll understand it. Just like Brother Art said, when deep down inside, he know he has black children. So really, how in earth can this white man and his white family be in charge of educating my black children? And then it's almost like a, it's like the world is having this cultural shock right now. However, we have already lived and broken this divide. And the way that and the reason why I say that is because I went to school and my mascot 
was the galloping goose. So I'm not sure about everybody else, but when we walked through the vestibule, I had a life-size horse with a life-size man with a real sheet on his head. They call him oh, wow. the galloping goose. This was my mascot. Do you understand? Wow. So when you talk about racial tension, talk about going to a school where this is the mascot. It's almost like the people are talking about those Confederate flags. Right. Mm. But there were black children that went to that school. And then that said to our black parents, what? No matter what y'all do in this building, y'all got to keep something going on because obviously if you leave it in their hands, they're going to leave you with this man and this live-sized horse with a sheet on his head. The galloping ghost. But I grew up in that. I grew up with lots of people. I grew up with whites. I grew up with blacks. I grew up with Chinese people. But but understand that there was not a difference in the races as we were growing. Yeah, of course. Like I said, you know, they was they had the they had the live size horse and the live size man and the sheep. So that meant that they really didn't want anything to do with us. However. Like we're trying to tell the world, uh, we ain't going nowhere. We, you need to deal with us. You got to find a way to deal with us. It ain't too much that we need to do. Truth be told. Right. That was then. This is now. Yeah. We, got now. Work we got work yeah. to do yeah. in order for yeah. us to come back and stand at the table and act as if we want to do something that we need to really do. Because everybody is going to have to do something. I just know that there's always got to be a bigger. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's this generation. It's us that got to do it, you know. It's us that's got to do it because, like you said, you know, uh, our parents raised up in us up in a certain way, you know, where where though. I was raised up. I I'm, I thought everything was good, you know. But um, when I think about it, I I watched a program called The Duke of Hazard. That was my favorite show, you know. Yeah. But now look, I wasn't allowed. Now today, I wouldn't allow my grandchildren to look at it. Right. I wouldn't allow my grandchildren. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, it, but I understand what I mean. I wouldn't allow my grandchildren to look at it because I know better now, you know. We didn't know better because our the way the growing up, our parents were working parents. Well, I know my parents were working parents, and then my father was in the military. So basically, the TV was our babysitter, you know, and we were right. allowed to watch those program programs, you know, not knowing, you know, that it was some type of prejudice, you know. Uh-huh. So you got these two. White guys riding around in a car with a competitive flag on it, you know. So we didn't know anything. And then, you know, and then I'm gonna show you the cultural ham. Look, the cultural bamboozlement of that is the thing that we grabbed as as, as you know what we do is the Daisy Dukes. Yeah. So now yeah, everything is short. Everything's cut up, and, and people don't yeah. even realize it. When your shorts is too short, you look like Daisy. And Daisy yeah. was from. So you, you understand, but if we don't know, yeah. 
Yeah. If you don't know, and that's the thing, because Brother Art, well, I heard you laugh. I about to say, I heard you laugh. But yeah, because I, I remember, know. I the know the show. Hog was mine. The boss hog was my man. <laughs> The and I know the car. Man. I know the car very well. And because, uh, all right. So my experience it, racially was was very different. I, I grew up uh, with uh, my family being from the south, coming from Sylvania, Georgia, uh, right next to Augusta. And um, because my family on my father's side, they were uh, not just. Uh, you know, farmers, but they were landowners, they were entrepreneurs. And even when they came up to the city of Philadelphia, they were entrepreneurs. Uh, I was I was raised to see a, a certain level of black excellence that a lot of people never saw before. So, you know, when other kid was, was playing their summer vacation, I was working at my family's business. I was going down south and I was walking the land, walking the farm going to the cot, you know, listening to every single story over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And now to this day, now I'm telling my kids the same story, um, not only on my father's side, but on my mother's side. My, my mom's uh, parents were uh, Jamaican immigrants and coming from Jamaica and being business owners. Um, you know, I, I have... I just had a different level of understanding blackness and understanding uh, ownership and, and entrepreneurship. So, you know, my family really installed a certain thing in me. And, you know, my family also told me, said, look, you know, you were raised a little different from a lot of people. You understand that you have things and that you don't need nothing from nobody. And that mentality if you're not careful, if you're not humble, it's going to get you in trouble because people mm-hmm. want to think it's arrogance. People are going mm-hmm. to think, uh, you know, people are going to think that you, you think better than them. So just be careful, you know, how you carry yourself. So, you know, growing up, the, race, the racism that I see, you know, it's always been subtle. It's always been simple. You know, I'm 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 thirty five, I'm about to be thirty six next month. Um I was an entrepreneur ever since I was twenty. I've never worked for nobody, I've never worked for myself. I don't know what it's like to touch somebody else's clock. I've never had that, you know, cash in for somebody else, build somebody else's dream, but pay people to build mine. So you see, I feel like you're in and now I can't hear. <laughs> Oh, wow. All right. So, yeah, you know, uh, just to have that entrepreneurial mentality, like I said, I've never punched in nobody's clock. I've only punched in mine. I've only hired black people. I've only uh, supported other black businesses when it came to my business. And, and God has just blessed us in that area. And and now, you know, I get to share that with my kids, but the racism that came with that was ridiculous. You know, um, especially now in ministry. You know, I just got finished preaching. I preached this past weekend, and I said, you know, it's good that Black Lives Matter, and it's good that we're fighting racial injustice and and and, and, and racial tension, and we're you know we're we're fighting a good fight. But when are we going to deal with our racial issues inside the church? 
You know, we're going to fight. You know, our racial injustice inside of the church. The church got more sexism, got more sexism, got more, uh, you know, socialism and and just divide than any, any place in the world. And, and, you know, we talk about what's going on there. How are we going to be the example inside the body of Christ if we got our own racial and profiling? So, so yeah, we got a lot of we got a lot of work, and, and now what I want people to understand is, um, you know, a lot of times people say, "Well, the young people, the young people." Uh, I, I just want a lot of people to pay attention. Um, there are not a lot of older people out there protesting. There's a lot of young people out there picketing. There's a lot of young people out there leading the good fight. Um, they're 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 young. And another thing is I tell my kids, you know, when we talk about Martin Luther King and we talk about Malcolm X, I said, baby, they were young. They were in their 20s and their 30s. They were out there protesting. They weren't 50s. They were young. They were younger than me. I tell my my son, I tell my they were younger than me. So when, when we talk about the movement, it's always been a young movement. It's always, always been a young movement. And and now they're saying that so what's gonna happen with the church? It's gonna be another young movement. And, and and y'all y'all can ride this wave. And I think your I think that the older generation is gonna be proud if they sit back and allow some of these young kids to bump their head a little bit, make some mistakes, get rough, you know, don't mind the rough edges and allow God to do his thing. Amen. Mm-hmm. When the church hears that, when the church hears that, that is when you know that we have made leaps and bounds into this thing called life that we are going to conquer. We were made to conquer, and we are the conquerors. You know? So, in the manner of the way that he just said that, and as clear as you can see the person that's, you know, or the next time you see someone that's next to you, the clearest that you can see them, that's how real this thing needs to be. If you're a believer, your example starts with you. If you're an older believer, I hate to tell you, but half you just mad. And you should stop that. Because it's nasty. It's not nice. Nobody likes it. It's not welcoming. It's like you just bit a lemon and then you want to share it. That's Mm. lying. You're showing them your life. You got to show them your life in Christ. In Christ. The same way Christ looked at you. Right. The same way Christ looked at me and seen all through my muck and all through my mire and all through my clay. And he's still working on me. How dare we not? Allow an opportunity for someone to come to Christ and know that, guess what? Mm-hmm. They might show up and do it better than you. Yeah. That's another thing. You know what I mean? That's another thing. Because they're doing it a different way because they got rid of tradition a while ago. But like Brother Art just said, I feel bad for Art because he's not going to realize it until next year when he turns 30, when, like in a couple of weeks, when you turn 35. And they'd be ready to kick you out of 36. that little group. 
Look, you turning 35 or you turning 36? 36. Right, right. So in a, in a couple of months, you will no longer be allowed to be in that group. Let me tell you. Let me be the first to tell you. Because the day I heard about the millennial group, I think I was like 37. I was pissed. I was like, damn, I missed it. What am I going to do now? Now I'm 42. And they ain't even looking at us because they done looked at the young fucks. I'm telling you, Brother Art, we need to come on over to the side. Because this is what's going to happen. Our millennials are growing up. Do you understand? Our millennials is growing up. And when they start to grow up and they start to see different things, they're like, oh, wow. The the only thing they're going to want is the church. We as a church, we need to get ready for it because they're coming. And guess what they're coming for? They're coming for real life stories. I I have learned that. I never knew that Christ wanted me for all of the raggediness that I did. But it made sense in the raggedy and how I see people in their raggedy. You know how somebody say, well, you can't tell me nothing until you've been with where I've been? Yeah, I have made choices to be in place. You know what I mean? I've been, I've been in choices. I've been in places that I never even thought that I could have, should have been. But now, right now, in this day, I understand exactly why. I understand why. But I'm also studying, and I'm okay in, you know, and I'm hooked up with some real, real, real powerful teachings that be going on every day of the week. There's people that are walking around that don't have it yet. So they're going to have to get it from us. So yeah, when the churches do open, that's why the church is closed down right now. You can't hide in nobody's religion no more. Don't nobody yeah. want you to pull up in no on no building talk about what you can do. Amen. Just I ain't lying about that. The, you know, it's the it's churches that are sure. closed, the churches that are closed, or mm-hmm. uh, I, I hope that I hope the churches are not closed because uh, the church is supposed to be in us. You know, so maybe the well, buildings the are closed because we <laughs> we supposed to continue on no matter what. You know. Exactly. No, no matter what goes on, what happens, what goes down, we always supposed to be ready and prepared. You know, so uh-huh. with the church, uh, you still because guess what? What what are, what are we? A church without a wall, right? Yeah. So we still we BKN is still out doing its thing, doing what it's supposed to do in the Lord. You know, and we have to continue on. Sharing our words, whether we get on the phone and get a, a a group chat line or whatnot, you know, you know, back in the day we had um, three way calling. Uh, I call <laughs> you, you call your friend, that friend call that friend, and here we are, like six to nine people on the phone. So guess what? If we we're it. the body of Christ, then we're supposed to continue on teaching and preaching the way that guys, the way that guys. Expect us to do in a way that we're supposed to do in Christ, you know. So that's just doors just being closed, but we're still supposed to preach and teach. Amen. Amen. I like how brother says, brother Art says, some doors you had to kick, right? <laughs> you thought I didn't hear you say that. I heard you. I, said, <laughs> I heard you say it. 
that we could yeah. talk about it because that'd be a whole other show called Waiting in the Hallway. Look, Waiting <laughs> in the Hallway. Don't be kicking down doors, man. Don't be kicking down no doors. But if they are racial tension doors, they deserve to be knocked down. Like if they are doors that need to be, like doors that are just untaught doors, they need to be knocked down. It's like not the time to actually redo our history and run it back because you know you can't get back yesterday. So I don't know why they be mm-hmm. trying to get back all 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 the way back where we at. You know, if you tell me a day, if you tell me what we gonna do tomorrow about what we did yesterday, you didn't know that that's when we're starting to like fix the problem. As as long as we still talking about yesterday, right. yesterday last week and all the other stuff and just keep having conversations about those times, we're not really realizing that God is saying that it's now time. We need to put it back on Christ, the solid rock, as a foundation who says there's no picks, there's no ganders, there's no good, there's no bad, there's no rich, there's no poor, there's no evil. You know what I mean? Every single person that Jesus dealt with was how they dealt with. He dealt with them as how they were. He get all prophetic on people that didn't know nothing about prophecy. You sitting on a bar stool, but somebody going to tell you something that's going to happen next week, and it do happen. I hate to tell you, it don't matter if you was on a bar or not. It happened. It happened. You understand that? It happened. And once it starts to happen, that's how you know. Now, if you don't know how we've been sitting here and just talking about the fact that we just love on God so much that we can talk, because you could be in all this racial tension, but you heard what Brother Art said, the last thing that we ever going to give him is our joy, our happiness, our peace. And that's all it seems like everybody's trying to take. And we know definitely that when we wake up, every day is a new day. So if you're mad about yesterday, fix it. Fix it, amen. Fix it. Yesterday was yesterday. It ain't even the day. It ain't even the day no more. Like you know what I'm saying? We get nurse, We get new mercies every morning. It seems like we only want to renew the things that we think we need to renew. This whole racial thing needs to be renewed. I hate to tell you, but that's why the white folks is walking in the street. Because the white folks don't realize that they are not white. They're black. And their grandchildren are black. And the ones that are coming up beside them, they're no longer white. So now they are going to do it. Because now when the call goes home, if it's a little mixed boy versus a little white boy, the little mixed boy gets the call. How they look. Now the white mom is like, I don't understand. Well, unfortunately now he's got the black jeans. So he's got to be the black. We need to cut that out. I'm about to say, I don't know. Well, you know, we got a minister on the line, me, mom. So I think I'm going to just say, in my way, you know, you better get to Christ. You got to know Christ. If you don't yeah. join my understanding, you should link up with somebody that does. And I mean right. that because there's no right. more time for you not to know or make a decision on what it is that you need to do for the rest of your life. Right. And that's yeah. honest. So, Brother Art, I know you can do that's the finessing nice. of the all finessing because, you know, y'all be doing the finessing. 
go and walk somebody up to the cross, please, and help them out because we need saving because we got a lot of work to do. We do, but but you know what? All this work, it starts with one thing. You know, out of all the conversations we've had this uh, this past hour, going on the past hour, um, we recognize that it doesn't mean nothing unless Christ is ahead of um, unless Christ is the head of your life. Uh, so what, what I'm hoping is that somebody is listening, that somebody is really listening, somebody is taking heed to this conversation, and maybe they're saying, well, you know, how do I get my joy? How do I get my peace? You know, despite what everything is going on, how do I get a sense of happiness and love? And I'm going to tell you the very simple answer is Jesus Christ. It's not, uh, you know, morning workout. Morning workouts are wonderful. It's not uh, a ritual or routine. They are great. No, it is having the love of Jesus Christ. And here's the thing. Jesus Christ, if you love Jesus for you, is even more. Now, if you love him, all you have to do is confess him as your Lord and Savior. You have to recognize that he died and rose and shed his blood for your sins. And then you have to let your, and you have to let him know that you realize that you are a sinner too. And you ask him to come into your heart and be Lord over your life. I mean, it's so simple. It's not a hard thing. It is a confession. It is a belief out of your mouth that came from your heart. And if you're willing to just make that simple statement, you are one, Father. You have been blessed to be a part of the kingdom. And the part that I love, that I always say, but I love it so much, the Bible says when one person gets saved, the angels rejoice. So when one person gets saved, heaven throws a party. Heaven starts partying because you've accepted Christ. And right now, I believe that heaven is throwing a party because somebody accepted it. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray for those who made that confession, who said, I am a sinner. I've fallen short from you, God. And and I know that uh, you are Lord over my life, and I want you to come into my heart because I know that you died and rose from my sins. So when you do that, you're a part of the kingdom. Welcome to the family. And right now we're going to pray, and when we pray, we're going to ask that God keeps you, keeps you in this new life. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you because we know that you are Lord. And we know that despite racial tension, despite uh, a pandemic, despite whatever is going on, you are still Lord. Now, God, I ask that you begin to move. You begin to Touch your people. Begin to touch those who accepted you as their Lord and, and ask that you move and, and direct them and speak to them and, and give them confidence and boldness, God. And I ask that you, you bring forth your delivering angels and you start delivering them from the areas where they're weak, God. And I ask that you just you show them your friendship, your companionship, passion, the intimacy of you, God. And let them get to know your faith. And God, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you 
that you are a, a saving God, that you are a living God. You are not dead. You're not dead in any part of our lives, God. You're not dead. And in our situations, you're not dead in our happy moments, but you are so alive. And we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 And real quickly, I am just going to come on and do the announcements. And I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode. And, you know, with that being said, I just want to add a a comment before I do the announcements. And, you know, I enjoyed my Father's Day, and I just want to thank, you know, my wife, uh, Janice Hudson, who is on the line tonight, um, because there was a time that I didn't want to be a father, but she always constantly encouraged me that I was going to be a good father. I just didn't know I was going to be so good of a father that, you know, um, that, you know, no matter what, you know, I've done or no matter, you know, how I fell, that I was going to be a major factor, you know, into, you know, my family and my children. And I just want to thank her, you know, so much for encouraging me for doing that. And, you know, sometimes it takes a little encouragement, you know, and it goes a long way. And uh, Janice, I'd like to thank you for, you know, for doing that, for that encouragement. And even though it seems, you know, so insignificant of how it happened, but it did happen. I'd just like to thank you so much, Janice. And, you know, with that being said, I'm just going to go ahead to the announcements. And, you know, even though it's, it's one day past Father's Day, but it takes a whole lot more to be more than just a dad or father or sperm a sperm donor, you know, it takes just a, a you know, a whole lot to just be that father figure. And, you know, we just hope and pray that, you know, if you accepted Christ in your life, that you would find a Bible believing, teaching, preaching sanctuary that are the word of Christ. And just like um, everybody has stated that sanctuaries are closed but we can have church in our homes. And we can also means of media uh like Purpose King Network. Zoom, Facebook, so we can have that church without walls in our house. We can form and, and formulate and help guide young souls into Christ. So if you want to contact us here at Purpose Kingdom Network, you can contact us here at PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com. We can send your comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello or just let us know you turn your life over to Christ and we gladly appreciate um Celebrating that with you. And we just thank you so much. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at purpose underscore kingdom where you can just uh just simply uh do the same and likewise. We also invite you to like us on Facebook where you can see our upcoming shows and advertisements and we greatly appreciate that. And we also um have our archives at www.blogtalkradio.com backslash purpose kingdom. We can simply type in the show name or the host name, and you can hear that show in its entirety and at your convenience, and we greatly appreciate that. Um, also, we do have a morning word of inspiration on anchor.com or or you can just follow any of our social media pages like Facebook and just simply type in Purpose Kingdom and like us, and that way you won't miss the word of inspiration on anchor.com or anchor.m. Also, you can hear a replay 
of any of our past or previous shows there. And uh, we just thank you for sharing and just inviting a friend or family member to like us on Purpose Kingdom Network. And we just uh, thank you so much. And with God's will and God's blessing, we hope you join us tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour for One Touch Transformations. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, tomorrow evening will be uh, Reverend Aaron Williams with DTW Ministries. And once again, with God's will, God's blessing, we hope you join us tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour for DTW Ministries, hosted by Reverend Aaron Williams. And uh, we just thank you so much for your support. No matter where you listen to us in the world, uh, we just uh, thank you and we appreciate your listenership. And we just thank you so much. And, you know, uh, with that being said, uh, we're just going to return the show back over to our trio of hosts. Well, we thank you so much. Um, before we end, y'all, we got to do some take it backs. I, I got to get it off my chest because I want to know, what's going on with the firecrackers? What's up with the bombs and stuff? These kids, like, oh, my God. It's like, I want to take it back. I want to take it back. I want to take back their parents. I want to take back their money. I want to take back the fact that firecrackers used to be illegal. I want to take it all back before somebody's hand get blown up or their face get blown up and then they get on the news and they want me to feel sorry for them. I'm sorry. Hello. Can y'all hear me? <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of firecrackers. There's a lot of fireworks going on. I just don't understand it. Brother Art, can you help me out? Because it's like, I don't understand. Bombs bursting in the air and all the other kind of stuff. Like, people don't want to go to war. Why they be out here warring? It sounds like they trying to set us up for war. I don't know. I'm starting to really not think they firecrackers. That's how big it is. It's like, I wonder if it's something else. I ain't even going to part Like, I don't, I don't know. That's just something stuff they done looted. <laughs> uh, people that done, I, I a lot of people done looted a lot of that stuff and just trying to get it all. I, I mean, That's I what it is. It. They stole it. I don't That's what it, I think because it was around that time when we saw him. I'm going through the same you know thing in my neighborhood. I didn't even think that. Now, you know what? That comes to think about, look, how about we take back another thing? You had said something about getting closer to God. You know how many compromised people we got going on? Because back in the day, you couldn't bring nothing in the house that your mama or daddy didn't buy That's for you. right. Where you get That's that stuff right. from? That stuff looks brand new. If you don't get that stuff out of my house, we supposed to drive through the neighborhood and see everything that was stolen that night sitting outside because the parents refused to let them children bring it in. That, you know what I mean? It ain't that bad. I don't think it's that bad. Like, we, we, we grew up crazy, but I know that we knew better. It seems like now that we don't know better. So we got to do something better for our babies. It's like me and I said. If you forget up and you slip up on the babies and you done taught your babies right, your babies will remind you. They will remind you. That's the blessing of that. Don't nothing. They the worst. <laughs> <laughs> you better make a promise to a child that you ain't going to keep that. Especially not during the COVID because you can't even leave the house. Come on. You still can't. 
Where you going? Yeah. Where you going? You ain't going to work, Daddy. You you, you non-essential. Wait till your kids tell you you're non-essential. <laughs> I have had such a ball talking with the two of you this evening. The reason why I've had, like, such a ball is, like, it seemed like I hadn't been with you for so long. And it's funny yeah. because I wanted to say real cheesy, like, but they say absence makes the heart grow fonder. Right? Yes. Think about yeah. all of the things that you haven't seen, like all the people, like even your coworkers that you really don't even like, you probably miss <laughs> them right now. You know what I mean? Even the ones that you be like, yo, she talk way too much. Because I know people look at me and be like, yo, this girl talk way too much. I seen a lady in the Wawa the other day, she said, child, I miss your energy. <laughs> I said, well, bless God for that, because y'all used to probably get on your nerves. And that's exactly what she said. She said, and you damn sure did. Tell the truth. But even in the midst of what you think you don't like, God is working all of it out. So when we breathe with him, you know what I mean? Like like Art said, there's nothing that can take my joy away. There's nothing Amen. that can make my happiness go. I might even be mad in the moment, and I'm still happy. That's a place. That's Christ. Woo, that's Christ. That ain't nothing like the blood. I'm trying. Oh, you know what? Do we got time? Do we got time? I want y'all to hear something. Y'all gonna be first to hear it at the table. And it's dedicated to the children. Amen. If I can get it on, right? But it's important because I've I've been looking at it and I'm like, Dad, we can't do this to our kids like this. You know what I mean? Like they don't actually deserve what they get right now. It's not our fault and it's not their fault, but God said that we have an opportunity to break it, beat it, go above it. We are the conquerors and we will do it. We will. Because it's all our kids, all our parents, any because all we got to do is tell the truth and then make choices, you know? Because you could do this, you could choose that, or that. You could do this, or you could choose that. my time. Whether I die, whether I live, I still didn't will forgive.